Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life, love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So, I wouldn't necessarily say I travel too much, but I did get tired of being in Hawaii. Yeah, I was there for two weeks, and the first week it was cool, second week, halfway through the second week, I was like, all right, I did everything I wanted to do. Now let's bounce, but... Should have paced yourself. (laughs) Well, I think that's something just about me, what I'm trying to do in my life, is I'm trying to be more present, and... I found it very difficult to be present when I have these other things that I want to do that are just in the back of my mind. Like? So I'm currently, you know, on this mini retirement, and that means I could do whatever I want to do. But at the end of this retirement, I have to go back to work. So I'm trying to find a way to not have to go back to work at that time and continue to do what I do. Trying to find, trying to turn a hobby into a, into a job, essentially. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I would say that. Trying to find your calling. Well, I would I would think what he went to school for would have been his calling, no? You could say that. <laughs> I mean the way oh, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. The way I actually view my schooling or my graduate schooling, because I went to graduate school, I have my master's in uh, marital and family therapy, is I paid sixty thousand dollars for the skill set to reflect on myself. To apply to your own life, basically. Yes. Yes, I could do that with other people. But the network that I have, my colleagues and such, always bounce ideas off each other. And I guess the most important thing for me was the ability to self-reflect. And one thing that I'm always striving for is to be more present and enjoy the moment more. That's good. That's a very difficult thing for someone to do because there are a lot of limitations to that mantra. Financial um, willingness to go outside of your comfort zone. I guess it has to do a lot with what you alluded to, which uh, is knowing yourself, kind of re- reflecting on yourself. Yeah. It's very insightful. Isn't it? That last comment. <laughs> 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 but I think um, a lot of people struggle with living in the moment and just being there, being present, as you put it. And I, I call it living in the moment, yeah, because it's all I've known. And it's a different way of kind of looking at it. Like, are we really here? If we're not doing something, if we're not actively engaging in something. Okay. Well, yes and no, because you can be there and you can be living in the moment, but you can also be multitasking. And I think that's where the internet comes into play because you could be Mm. living the virtual future of of planning or organizing and then still be present. Granted, the sacrifice is still going to be there of of not fully being present in either, either world or either experience, but you can still navigate both. I like to think of it as if you're not giving your all to something, you're not you're not living. Because I think if we're if we're kind of splitting ourselves into many different segments to kind of give to all these different elements, are we really giving, or are we just pretending or, or putting forth the illusion that we're giving? You know, like at work, if we're browsing the internet instead of working, are we contributing anything to work? No, we're not. So it's more like a disingenuous right contribution. Okay. I think if you're not really like 100% in it, and that goes with relationships, with experiences, with anything, to me, this is me, this is my opinion completely, you feel free to disagree or challenge, but if you're not 100% engaged in what you're doing, you're not really living. You're not there. You're not contributing anything. But why is it you're not really living, though? Because it, what are you doing? If you're not 100% engaged in something, what are you taking away from that moment in time? Nothing. Yeah, you're still taking away things from, there's still interactions. As much as you possibly can? Not as much as you possibly can. Is it adding value to your life? It could still be adding value to your life. Could it? Yes. Give me an example. I'm sitting here talking in this conversation and I'm also thinking about the editing that I'm going to have to do in the future with this. (laughs) (laughs) But you're thinking about that. You're not actively engaged in that endeavor. You're right here. You're in the moment. You're living right now. You're contributing to this conversation. I know. And when I'm quiet, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, how am I going to chop that shit up? You guys are, you know, peeking here or you're doing this or now we're on another tangent. That's where I'm at when I'm quiet. So I'm still here, but I'm not at the same time when I'm thinking about other things. And I can argue that you're not contributing 100% to this podcast. Oh. Okay. Well, you can edit this episode and then (laughs) we can talk about (laughs) it. But that's fine. 
And, and this has to translate with a lot of what you said is that the internet contributes a lot of negativity into our society, it pours a lot of negative um, it, distractions, I should say. It does. People hide a lot behind it. A lot, right? And we've talked about this before. Not only that, but I think that it brings a lot more distraction into the fray in terms of our, cap our ability to kind of extend beyond our community. Are you talking that we're no longer a small community because I kind of see things as we're more more connected than we were before because I feel that we are less connected. But I'd say right. like globally, we are more open to other things. We're more global, but less connected. So more aware of what's going on, but just less of the care, I guess, is not there. Yeah, which goes back to the whole point. If you're not giving 100% to something... What are you contributing to, to to your life or to society or whatever? But are you ever really giving 100% to anything? No, but you can actively try, however. Uh, what's the difference? Trying to give 100% will allow you to focus on a singular task. And? And try and give your all to that task. Like when you're at work, you focus strictly at work. You eliminate all your distractions and you see how far you can get with your job. When you're in a relationship, you focus 100% on your relationship and that other individual in that relationship. You don't, you're not distracted by other people, places, things, things that don't matter. You just focused on that person. That's where I wanted you to get to that relationship factor, because there's no way that's ever going to happen. There's always going to be, you know, your work is going to have an influence in your relationship. Your family or other friends are going to have influence on the relationship. So you're never going to give 100% of that. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And you want to know why? Because it's a world we live in. That's what we've created. This is a society that we've created because of all the different stimuli that we have. But you don't have to be at 100% to give 100%. Does that make any sense? Well, even if you're, try if you're trying to give 100%, but you're 100% 73, how is that any if different? If that's all you can give and that's where you kind of redline, that's it. That's all you can give. But if you're at 70, if your redline is at 73, but you're really giving 30%, then what? If your red line, if you know your red line is seventy three, and you're giving thirty percent, and you know you're giving thirty percent, you're shortchanging not only yourself but the other person in the relationship, because you're distracting yourself by work, social media, um, other people that are uh, maybe more important to you because you don't have your priorities straight. Whatever it may be, we all fall victim to this. But when you actively try and engage other people or events in your life. I feel like you can completely give everything that you possibly can. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to give a hundred percent to give a hundred percent. That you don't. I, I don't I don't know about that, man. That doesn't Because like I said, like like you, you like you said, if you can only give seventy three percent and you're giving that seventy three percent, that is your hundred percent. It's all relative. No, that's not your 100%. That is your 100%. If it was 100%, then it would be 100%. It wouldn't be 73. But you just said it cannot be, and I agreed. I, I, I'm I'm trying to explain it in a way where it makes sense, because it makes sense. Because it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. It doesn't. It makes sense. All right, show me. If you're only capable of loving someone at a level at which you're currently loving them at, right, that is your 100%. They have to accept you for it, right? And you have to accept them for the fact that they're going to love you at whatever they can love you for. That's it. That's all it is. Okay. So I think the theory that you're trying to explain is you have a hundred percent to give, not just there's a hundred percent you give in relationship, hundred percent you can give at work, hundred percent you give in family. You have a hundred percent to give and you have to divide that hundred percent amongst all those different things. Yes. But anyway, we're probably going to cut all this out. So I should probably just stop. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for the last three minutes. Personally. See, you're not here. You're not giving me, you're not giving the podcast a hundred percent. You bastard. I Chris, you mentioned earlier that you were thinking of pursuing a career in sex therapy. Correct. And then decided or had a realization that there's something bigger than that? Or what, what took you down the MFT or what made you go want to go the family route? So to become a sex therapist, first you have to get become licensed and then you specialize in sex therapy. So what happened was I went through graduate school and during my internship, I found that I have a very special skill set where I could work with at-risk adolescents, mm. gangster kids, people <laughs> from the hood. And I connect with them very, very well. Uh, they respect me because I could speak their language and they respond to it. 
So I had a decision of, am I going to use the skill set that I already have or go down uh, an entirely different path? So, I mean, I didn't expect to start working with at-risk kids. Really? Not at all. I bet that was kind of challenging for you, no? Making the decision or working with the kids? Making the decision. Well, I want to hear both. So making the decision of not pursuing sex therapy or going down that path and working with at-risk adolescents, that's one of those things where I said that's... It hasn't really worked out. I have this entire plan. I want to do this, this, and this. It didn't really work out that way. Right. I mean, it would have been a much more difficult path to go down that way and study that. And I find it highly interesting. I still may even go back to it. But then there weren't as many opportunities for me to work on my crafts as a psychotherapist. And so the opportunity was for me to work with at-risk kids. Mm-hmm. And working with them, I wouldn't say was much of a challenge for me because at that age, most kids, they respond to things that are real and authentic and could be very, very harsh. Whereas, well, people won't give it to them like that. And I will. Okay. And that's why they respected me in the way that they did or they do. With the lack of a challenge that you are experiencing, would that be why you're, you're looking for other avenues or looking to not go back to work? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm not looking to go back to work. I think I'm just want to go to um, just to go and try something else. Um, I am a, I guess, counselor at heart, and I will take that skill set to wherever I do or whatever. Yeah, whatever I do or wherever I end up. One of the main things um, about this mini retirement that I haven't really discussed yet, which I'm going to discuss now is so my mom retired several years ago. And she was working as a nurse for like 20 years. And there was a retirement party. It happened at, you know, Friday, 4.30. She had cake and tea. And there were maybe like 30 people there. And HR was there. People came down from where she worked at, cut up the cake and went about the business. You know, they gave her a little plaque. Thanks for working here for X amount of years. We appreciate it. And that was that. So as we were walking out of the retirement party, my mom looked at, looked at me and my brothers and said, yeah, out of all those people there, I only knew three or four people there. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And then she said, I work at night. I work the night shift. I work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And people that work with me aren't going to show up early at 4.30 on a Friday when they're going to have to come in at 6 or 7 because they're going to use that time to do whatever they need to do. In my mind, I was thinking, how come HR didn't push that back? And then she said, just because it's HR. They're only there from 9 to 5. And I thought that was so ice cold. HR is ice cold. Yeah. HR is very cold. Yeah, but where, where, were, you, where were you going with that story? Like, What, what was the, the takeaway for you? The takeaway from that is I don't want to have to work for the man forever. I don't want to have to do that time, that time money exchange mm-hmm. until I'm 65 or 70 or whatever people retire at. Okay. So it's less about the job. It's more about who you have to answer to essentially. It's more, there's a, there's a lot of things, but yeah, that could, that could be one. Okay. Well, what's yes. the, what are the others? I, when I retire, I want to do whatever I want to do at my pace mm-hmm. and I don't need to ball out even though I, you know, I want some $300 Allen Edmond Park Avenues in size 10 listeners. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing the gift thing? <laughs> I stumbled upon that recently. Okay, but I think every every one of us has that dream to not want to answer to someone when we get older. That's kind of the natural part of life. I put in my time. I paid my dues. It's time to move on. It's time for people to start answering to me. But then you become the man. I, I don't think that everyone strives to be that person or to become the man or to become the person that, you know, who people answer to. Yes. I don't think everyone strives to be that way. Uh, And I know people that don't want that responsibility or don't want that experience. Uh, And so it's, that's, I feel like is definitely contingent on, on who you are and part of your personality. And I think it might be more in our generation that people are realizing that there are opportunities and there's a lot more ways to be uh, self-sustainable or to be able to, to, to live off of not having to answer to somebody. Right. But in the end, I, I totally, I see where you're going with that. While I don't disagree with you on that point, I think a lot of people are, they strive to be the boss, right? That's why we put in the time right now and we and we do what we do. 
to kind of get the experience and to get that out of the way so we can call the shots. The one difference I think that we will bring into the phrase is that we employ a lot more empathy and a lot more, um, I guess, emotion and understanding into our into ourselves. So by way of ourselves, we'd pass that on to our uh, subordinates. So going back to that whole thing where, you know, you want to be the man or, or not, you didn't say that, but that's how I perceived it. You, Chris, are essentially going to be the man. You're going to be the person that people answer to. So in essence, right now, you're kind of paying your dues, taking it up the ass, whatnot, and, and doing what you do in order to stick it to someone else down the road. In one way, shape, or form, you're gonna have a fuck off. You're you're gonna have a a fuck up employee that you're gonna need to discipline, right? I don't plan to be the boss of anybody. You you don't want to employ people. You don't want to give opportunity to other people. Uh, give people your experiences and have them learn from you. That's the point of being a boss, right? Coaching and leading and and guiding. I would say my personal end goal would be to provide some sort of coaching. Or maybe some sort of psychotherapy, some sort of counseling. So, so. you're going to do it all on your own? No help? I'd want to, well, I could always start a private practice. Right. And you're going to need help, right? No. You're not going to need a booking agent or nope. an assistant? Nope. Or receptionist? Nope. I'm trying to tell you, bro, not everybody needs someone, or not everybody has the goal to, yeah, they may want to work for themselves, but there's people that don't want to work for themselves. They want to be part of the, the uh, organization that's, you know, whatever, the Fortune 500, whatever the case is. Not everyone has, has the same ambitions. No, absolutely not. And I totally understand that. But to, to say that you're going to pursue an endeavor completely by yourself is kind of short-sighted, in my opinion. I could see where you're coming from. Because by doing my own thing, don't I need the help and assistance that you're talking about, right? You're going to be taking away from your primary focus, which is helping people to kind of book your appointments and do all that auxiliary stuff that you can have someone else do. Right. And while you can focus completely on your clients and your and your foundation. Well, it, again, it depends on how big you want to go about doing it. I don't I only plan to see maybe three, four people a day, if that. So you have you have if somewhat that. of a plan. You have an idea of what you want. Yes. And then the money starts coming in and then things start changing. Well, no, because me and Chris have a very similar. That's why we discovered this on the walk. We have a very similar uh end goal or not an end goal there's there's a number that we'll reach when we'll just let it all go and go to a very uh less active role in everything i think that once you actually find out what that number can give you and that it really can't give you what you thought it would you might revisit that no i really? don't no, so what's no. a number mine's three million what's your number i have it written down somewhere i think it is 2.4 you both will discover that you can burn through that quicker than hell well, no, because I know how it's going to be invested and I know how much it's going to return every year on an annual income living off the, the interest of, of the investments. So right. you think? No. So I, okay. So I think. Right. But I also don't have to live a large and lavish lifestyle either. No, but you always want to be comfortable, right? And I will be comfortable because I'll probably be moving to a country that the cost of living will be So, so you're not going to be in the U.S.? Probably not. So you have it all mapped out. Oh, well, I do. What if it doesn't work out? What happens? <laughs> Why are you such an asshole? That's I told you I didn't take my nap. <laughs> no, if it, if it doesn't work out, then for me, I'll recalibrate, work on a different plan, I do the other things that I've been doing. So what what will it take for you both to kind of get off in that in that direction to where and and this is foreign to me because I'm usually I like to surround myself or I don't, but I'm trying to actively surround myself with very ambitious, very driven, very motivated people that won't stop. We'll keep going. We'll keep contributing. We'll keep trying to make their mark on society because that's what I think. Life isn't necessarily about yes. money. Yes, exactly that. So, so I will get my three million, and I will be living off of that. And the role that I'll be playing will go back into community. If I stay here, uh, depending on how my investments go, then I'll be more active in in coaching baseball. I'll be more active in community activism. I'll be more active in education. I might pick up a part time job teaching. Not necessarily for the money, but because I know that our, our high school, our career day was shit. Our exposure to, to colleges was horrible. And the kids that are coming in, I haven't had a kid from my school district. I've had two in the last eight years from my school district make it to USC. And I, I think that could definitely change and I could be a contributor to that change. And that has nothing to do with what my income level will be. But for me to have the freedom to do those things, I would like to have this number right here and generating a source of income that would allow me to have the freedom to do those things. Okay. 
So you have somewhat of an idea of what you have uh, or you need to accomplish. Yeah. Like I said, what if you don't get that number? I will. What if you don't? What's your contingency plan? You have to have some kind of backup. No contingency plan. Really? It will happen. So you're, you're shooting for it. And I like that because I'm the same way. I set a goal and I don't think about how it's going to happen. It's funny. It I, haven't happen. T- I haven't talked about this in like five years. I made that goal when I was like 23. Mm-hmm. And I have not talked about it or brought it up. Yeah, because that number seems kind of low. N- no, I, because I don't think that you need that large of a number to survive off of. Because even on no, the most, right. in to the most survive, mod of, no, in the most modest of interest rates, you're still making probably what I make now. Off the three, mm-hmm. you're talking, yeah, depends on what you invest in. Exactly. Yeah. So it just really, I'm sorry, because I know you want to say something. Yeah, I have something to say about all of this in terms of money and also something that we haven't even touched, on, touched upon is happiness. You know, there's a number out there, well, according to the internet, and you know if it's on the internet, it's true. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. $70,000. $70,000 at that dollar amount, the increase in pay doesn't correlate directly yeah, to, to happiness. happiness right i've heard that definitely think, true think about this we're currently in southern california right a house could easily cost five hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. what happens if we go and move to colorado texas and you buy a house for three hundred thousand dollars and that's and that's a very high-end house at that point price mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. especially depending on the city you're in what would you do with two hundred thousand dollars buy a lot of hookers but that's the thing. <laughs> to each their own. I right, to, right. <laughs> to, to each their own. Yes. No, I, I was joking. Be but... careful driving home on beach. All the hotels. Real talk. Then you have to figure out what the $200,000 $200, can get you in your current, wh- wherever you are. That could be a lot. Mm-hmm. That could be a little. Like you said, if you're in California, you have a budget of 500 You spend that 500 you have zero. What do you do with zero? Nothing. You also have an investment, so you don't have to do anything with that $200,000 because money does not necessarily correlate to happiness. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, what I'm getting at is comfort to you may mean something different to me. Oh, absolutely. And it does. And, and if yes. it didn't, then there would be a problem, right? These are just life choices that people make, right? Living in California, which I love. It's beautiful. Yeah. Southern oh, yeah. California, yes. <laughs> But going to go live somewhere, let's say, on just Texas, because that's one thing that I could just think of off the top of my head. Yeah. $200,000, how many years can you go off that? Just in a different area. Like, I've been to many different countries recently. Uh, one of them was Macau, which is um, Asia's Las Vegas. Hmm. Thank you, because I, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, me either. Asia's Las Vegas, seven, I think they like make seven times as much money as Las Vegas. Damn. Yeah. So if you just go outside their strip, Food is very, very inexpensive, right? You can get a great meal for like 10 US dollars. You can get that anywhere in, in Asia. So as Randy was talking about, if you went somewhere else, how far does, does your dollar go? Yeah, but then you don't have what you have here. And that's the thing. What wouldn't you have? We, we make a lot of sacrifices. Okay, so let's say, for example, you were to go to live in Macau. You wouldn't have social liberties. You wouldn't have freedom. You would have the things that you have here that you take for granted now, but you're looking at me with that with that fucking smug look like, oh, no, you would. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, one, I don't know enough about where Macau is to know the well, social I mean, structure. Think about a majority of Asia. Southeast there aren't, Asia. There yeah. aren't a lot of social liber- or civil liberties over there, okay. period. You think about Vietnam, for example. Okay. Yeah. So you'd lose that. At the, at the very minimum. But there's plenty of countries that do have the freedoms and do have all the same things. I mean, Yeah, you but have... think about the what they all have in common. Higher standards of living. Okay. With your freedoms, with your civil liberties, with the amenities, I would put air quotes on that, mm-hmm. of life come a higher standard of living. Okay. Okay? When you experience a lower standard of living, living somewhere like, you know, the Midwest, where there isn't a whole lot, there aren't a whole lot of people, a lot of people won't fuck with you, but there is a certain way that things are done, that $200,000, it, it won't do anything for you because there, you're limited by opportunity. There isn't a whole lot of opportunity in those areas. There isn't a whole lot of opportunity where you can, where you have, when you will have the money to spend, you will not have the opportunity to spend it. Why wouldn't I? Think about what's out there. What kind of opportunity would you have out there that would that that you might get here? Or what sorry, let me rephrase that. What opportunity would you have here that you can't get over there? I'm not thinking of any. I mean, even in the entertainment industry, a lot of the stuff could be done through email. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. How about your exposure? Same thing. Really? It's oversaturated here. So why wouldn't you go to where people aren't? Two, uh, because you're limiting your market. I'm not limiting my market because the role that I'm playing in all of this is not the face of anything. It's it's the building of a brand. Okay. Think about it differently. Business business wise. Okay. Okay. Thinking about the impact that a business would make. Okay. What is your impact if you're in a place like throwing this out there, Montana? Okay. Okay. Have you ever heard of a company coming out of Montana? I have, but have you? No. Okay. Doesn't mean that there aren't companies. Right. But their reach, their impact is is limited. It's very, very limited. It, oh, you could also say it's niche. I can so have $5 million in Montana and live like a king, right? Mm-hmm. But what is my impact? But I can have $5 million in California and live kind of all right, you know, depending on what I got going on, mm-hmm. but have arguably the potential to have a greater impact. Potentially. But then yes, at, potentially, at, it all depends on you know how savvy you are. But exactly eliminating the, the, the that savvy, from the, the savvy is definitely important. Eliminating that from the equation and, and just looking at money and happiness. Okay. Well, then if we're eliminating that, then what's the point of impact? Because you know you keep talking about impact. What's the point of that? If we're eliminating that to money and happiness, that's a variable that we cannot control. Okay. Because we're talking about the impact that money can have on something, right? Oh, that's what you meant. That's, I thought you meant like your personal about, impact on, okay. on the Chris I completely up, lost you. Chris brought up the whole point of spending having five hundred thousand dollars, buying a three hundred thousand dollar house and having two hundred thousand left over, right? What would you do with yeah. that two hundred thousand? We're talking about money. Okay. You took it the next level. Yeah, when you because when you said impact, I'm thinking social impact, not no no because no, no. you, you've it, talked it, about legacy in the past. That's where impact, I got confused. Yeah. We're here. Impact can be relative. Impact is, is measured relatively. Okay. I'm talking about how, let's say, if one person knows you on the other side of the world, you've made an impact on the other side of the world. Okay. Okay. Like this podcast, we have listeners in Japan, Australia, and Respect. some other uh, some other places, right? <laughs> so, with that being said, our impact is measured by our reach. Okay. Not necessarily our savvy. It has nothing to do with anything. Just exposure, how people find out about us. Right. But that, then that, if we increase the amount, okay, of spend. If we increase the amount of money that we pump into something, theoretically, we increase our chances of increasing impact. Okay. So my argument was you can take that $200,000 in a place like Montana and spread it out and really make a a, a decent, solid, you know, return on that $200,000. But what will your impact be? Will be limited to your community. Right. But sometimes your community can make all the difference in how it's still limited. You take that $200,000 here, and that could set you on fire for something a lot bigger because there's a lot more opportunity here to meet that one person that could take that $200,000 and turn it into a life-changing event. See, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking $200,000, if I had just like frivolous money to spend, instead of Montana, I would take Oklahoma because I know there's a higher, uh, or I'm sorry. There's Montana out there. I know, but I I figure (laughs) Oklahoma would be in the same realm as a Montana because like what's coming outside of the OKC basketball team, what's in Oklahoma. But there's a lot. The soccer team. They're they're big. Yeah. Really big. <laughs> <laughs> they have very low matriculation rates to university at some of the high schools. Very, very low. Literacy rates are, are a struggle. A lot of the schools where you find Teach for America. Absolutely. Right. You know, and 200,000 could do a lot for after school programs, for getting kids involved in the community. You're and totally to me, right. that's what's more important. And so you're talking about business. And I know you said... Think of it from a business perspective, but I can't because I don't care about that. But you're trying to start a business. I have a business. We're all here trying to start businesses. Chris is trying to start his own venture. You're trying to start your own venture, and I'm eventually getting to mine. Your realm is more local-based. Yes and no. I have a business. It is started. Uh, I but- mean, yeah, you're trying to grow it, I guess, would be the proper way of saying it. Yeah, right. right. But at the same time... If I got to that point where I reach the number that I want to have, where I can no longer necessarily need to do this, and it's more of a want-based, that's where I want to be. It's not that I'm doing this because I have to. I do it because I want to do it. I do it because I enjoy it. I, I just want to live for that. So then my argument becomes, how are you going to get $3 million, okay, this hypothetical, or this, this point on the wall, if you're limiting your opportunity by limiting your exposure by moving somewhere where the standard of living is a lot higher or, or lower rather because that move isn't going to happen until the three million comes okay so it's after it's after okay i don't know if you made that clear 
but I got confused. I'm always, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, you've asked, well, what if it doesn't happen? What's the contingency plan? Shit happens, right? There are a lot of variables in life, yeah. And you can't really, con- yeah, you can't really control all of them. No. So you just roll with the punches and keep going. It's easier said than done. Why do you think that is? Because the human psyche is very adept to getting derailed when something doesn't go your way. It's very easy to say, oh, well, fuck, this didn't go my way. I'm just going to fucking crawl into a hole and die right now. A lot of people do that because a lot of people don't have the confidence in themselves. Just like a lot of people don't have a desire to be the boss. You don't need to be the boss, but everybody has a desire to be the boss. No. Whether you know it or not, whether you want to admit it or see it that way as you are the boss, but you want to drive a company, you want to grow a company. How are you going to grow a company? No, I, I honestly believe that not everybody wants that. How are you going to get there? If not by being the boss. That's completely different. I'm just arguing for the people that don't see that perspective. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But everybody has that one point in their lives where they say, man, I wish I was a guy calling the shots. I would have made that decision different. I'll be damned if someone sends us an email or a tweet or a Facebook message and says, no, I've never said that. I can guarantee you you there's people that don't think that. There has been, I, 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 I can say with supreme certainty that everybody supreme. out there supreme everybody out there has at least once uttered the phrase i would have done it differently and by that logic everybody can everybody has just essentially said that if i was the boss i would have made that call differently i would have done things differently i would make a better boss no i don't agree with that okay because you, you don't need to okay but it doesn't mean that a majority of the people out there, if not all the people out there, think they could do a better job than their boss and would like to eventually be a boss. That's, now, the, that's the contingent. It's would like to, and not everybody would like to. And that's what I'm saying. That's very true because sometimes they've just gotten to a point in their lives where they're older and they're like, you know what? It's not going to fucking happen for me. But at our age, at this junction in our lives. No, even at this junction in our lives, there are people that don't have that desire. And that's why they stay where they're at or they kind of move along in a, in a trajectory that's there not as followers. aggressive as you. Yes, yes, there are followers. That's there, all I'm there, saying. There that's are definitely, no, no, no. I, uh, but that doesn't mean that they did not at one point in time want to be the boss. It doesn't mean that they did, though. But it does. Okay. <laughs> because there's a duality. You can't always just say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to placate and be a follower for the rest of my life. That doesn't come naturally. There are leaders and there are followers, right? But in order to determine that you're a follower... You have to go up against the leader, decide it's not for you, and then revert back to your follower role. You don't have to because there's people that are never... No, 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 no. Psychology, and you can disagree Mm. with me here, but psychology is proven... Point to the clinician. You can disagree with me. You don't know, but... (laughs) No, no, no. He does, and he probably will disagree, but psychology has, based on the books that I've read in the past, uh, determined that... In order for a follower to determine or to real to come to the realization that they are in fact a follower, they have to challenge the leadership and decide that it's not for them. Decide that either by a, uh, you know, alpha male losing in battle, um, or or a follower going up against the alpha male and losing in battle, or the alpha male being dethroned and becoming a follower, or not becoming wanting to become a follower and just killing himself, sacrificing because he's disgraced, outcast, whatever. Naturally speaking, we are animals. And as animals, we follow patterns. And patterns say that every single one of us wants to be a leader, wants to be a boss, but at one point in time in their lives has an experience that tells them, I no longer want to be that anymore. But everyone has that desire. Everyone wants to be the guy at the top. Who wouldn't want to be the guy at the top, right? We grew up in an era where the guy at the top was a shit. The guy at the top... We wanted that guy in our lives because we were hoping that he would rub off on us. But then walking along the journey called life, you meet someone or experience something that puts a bad taste in your mouth and you don't want it anymore. That's perfectly fine. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but I'm saying that naturally we are hardwired to lead. And that's how we got this far because we are a system of leaders and followers, but the followers just don't say, fuck it. I just want to follow. There's a reason why they want to follow. Because they have either come to the realization that they don't have what it takes to lead or they've had a run in with a leader and it's completely fucked their perception up of what a leader truly is. I wouldn't necessarily agree with everything you said there. I would agree that as animals, yes, you want to be the leader. You want to be the alpha male. I agree with that 100%. Now, when you talk about 
somebody that no longer wants to be a leader because I'm going to, for me personally, I do not want to move up in my organization. I am 100% fine being a worker bee. 100% fine. Right. Do I want that stress that the person above me has, the man has? No, not at all. There you go. There's your reason, right? Correct. Correct. My life isn't built around work. Yes, work fills me up a little bit, but my career, it's not my everything like it is for some people. Right. I fill my cup up other ways. Like I would take being a stay-at-home dad over being CEO of a major company. Right. Being a worker bee, I, I know what it takes to be a leader. I could go and be the alpha male and be a badass. And when I was uh, 21, you know how I said I wanted to be like make 100 Gs when I was like 25. Right. I had that opportunity. Right when I was out of college, undergrad, I could have went into sales. Sales, not easy, but I know exactly what it takes to do that. And I know, and I had the foresight to be like, oh, do I want to go and put in like 60 hour weeks, if not 80 hour weeks and go and grind? Nope, not for me. I, I, I had like one of those life those uh, life-changing moments where the world just stops <laughs> and everything just slows down. Right. Middle of an interview, dressed up, and I knew my answer to the question that they asked me would have driven me down a certain path. As I said, I agree with everything or many things that you said. Not everything, though. Right. And I didn't, uh, and this is the thing, I don't, uh, I'm not here in the business of forcing agreement. <laughs> it's making an argument and hearing the opposition. And don't get all but hurt. But <laughs> why am I but? All I'm saying is not everybody thinks that way. They do at one point or time. No, that's what I'm arguing. No, and I don't. And he, he has. You have. I have. He has. And yes. I know he has. Uh, yeah. Yes. Everybody at this table has. Yes. Okay. That's there a are small, people that very small cross section of the demographic that we represent. Okay. Right? At one, at all I was saying was at one point or time. In everybody's life, there comes a time where they say, yes, I can be the boss. Chris doesn't want to deal with that stress. I sure as hell don't mind it. Would I want to do it? It depends. There are a lot of factors. You, you don't want to be the boss, but you want to be a leader. A leader in your community, a leader to whomever you represent. Okay. I'm sure this guy wants to be the president of Korea over here. <laughs> Eventually. I mean, he just wants a mic at one time. <laughs> <laughs> so... We all have aspirations that lead us in different ways and not necessarily being the boss, leading people, having employees or anything okay, like that. Okay, well, let's, let's rephrase it then and reframe it, right? Because my immediate thought is the people that don't have a desire to be in the work field or workforce and want to, they may embrace the idea that the way you raise your children is a purest form of resistance, purest form of activism, right? right? And so that's their 100%. That's what they want to do. Do they still fall into that point of, of wanting to be a leader or is that... Is that a decision that they made? Oh, I could have been a leader, but I decided I wanted to do this instead. Yeah, it's an active decision. I mean, you could either pursue a career and be a leader there where you're impacting the lives of people who may or may not matter in the end. I'll be honest. Sometimes you go in thinking that you can make an impact and you really don't. Or you can make a conscious choice to stay at home, put all your energy into your children, and focus that into the future. And that's your way of giving. Okay. And arguably... That is being a leader in its own right, but they made a conscious decision not to pursue. Um, and, and this is the weird part about it, the convoluted way that we approach leadership and, and boss and all that hierarchy is just related to work. It goes way beyond that, though. Yeah. It and really that, does. That, and that's what I was trying to, trying to, the point I'm trying to bring home was we are redefining it in a sense. Not everybody wants to be a boss, whether they're a leader or not in their home, in their community, how, whatever you want to distinguish it as it doesn't necessarily mean that they want it to be a boss. And that's what I'm trying to make the point of. I struggle with that par uh, with, with the lack of parallelism between those because I feel that they are very related. They're just, they're just perceived in different ways. And just because they're perceived in different ways doesn't mean that they are different at all. It's just a perception. Perception mm -hmm. does not define something. Mm -hmm. So that's... Unless you're... Never mind. We're not going to get into that. Did you see that whole... Uh, what is it? Newt Gingrich? Yeah, you can come with the facts, but I'm going to go with the perception oh, of the yeah. people. Oh, yeah, when he's always hammering other people with facts <laughs> when, when it's a fucking Democrat. Yeah, double standards abound this year during election season. But, yeah, that's all I—in essence, that is really all I was saying. Mm -hmm. The perception of boss, the way we see it, and this is what maybe I should have really started off with. The perception with boss, the way we see it, is based off like the 1980s guy in a suit and fucking tie going to work and telling people what to do. That's not what it is now. 
No, definitely not what it is. It isn't. But not everybody wants to create their own company. Not everybody wants to be the boss. Not everybody decides to even pursue. But what's going on? You're totally right. But what's going on now? That you're seeing entrepreneur, entrepreneur, wow. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneurialism, that's a fucking mouthful, is at an all-time high now. Yes. Because of what? Opportunity, right? And Is it uh, opportunity or is it because of circumstance? When people weren't hiring, it forced people to think outside the box very and create true. their own opportunities. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. But that essentially a negative could be a positive in that regard. Yeah. Right? Again, perception. Right. right. Perception isn't uh isn't what what did I just say? No. Perception isn't reality or it's not fact. Like that. I don't <laughs> no. know. That. Uh, the way you perceive something does not define it. Oh yes. Um but in essence, uh the opportunity was there for them not to be employed. Spinning a negative into a positive. Okay. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I had to process that one for well, a second. I mean, <laughs> you're in a uh, relative to the environment. So you're in a small town with two factories and those two factories employ everybody. Mm-hmm. Economic collapse hit. One of the two factories laid everybody off, shut down. The other factory is up, but they're staffed and they're cutting people, right? Layoffs. Opportunity. What do you do now to survive? What do you do to change your life? Those people that took on entrepreneurial roles were being leaders, were being bosses in their own regard. They redefined leadership, right? By being by by perpetuating the sense of individualism to start their own business. But then took that individualism and turned it into reaching out, outreach, right? Community. By giving a product back, it's a little bit of them to the rest of the people out there. And find one person and I would shark tank and all that, you know, people <laughs> come on. That gives them opportunity. Right. They fly people out from all over the fucking U.S. But what would those people have out there if it wasn't for a show like that or for venture venture capitalists that go around trying to look for better ideas or the Internet for that matter and all those Kickstarter campaigns? What would they have without that? Nothing. Right. But the thing. Okay. Now, Kickstarter is a perfect example. Let's take away resources and, and what it is like if you're talking factors or other cases. But Kickstarter is digital. You could be coming out of Montana with a great idea for a product Go on Kickstarter and it becomes a global phenomenon because everybody loves this idea and they want to be a part of it. Sure. But how do you get it to be a global phenomenon if you're in Montana? It's a lot more difficult, right? It's a hell of a lot more it difficult, depends. I'd imagine. It depends. I could see the difficulty in finding the, the great filmmakers or the great storytellers to make the video more compelling, to get the attention of uh, whoever the Kickstarter edit, editorial picks are and making it to the, the front page and getting that kind of exposure. Yeah, that could be difficult depending on who you're working with. But at the same time, if you were to just contract somebody from in a PR perspective that had the right connections, you're going to get the same type of exposure. Well, let's say you've grown up in Montana your whole life. How do you find that connection? It's I mean, the, right? the internet is there, bro. You're YouTube a is there. Of circumstance. No, you I'd don't have, have to be. I'd have to go with Turk here. No, because <laughs> one one thing that always you know sticks with me is you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I remember that. It's tough, and that's why I feel like going taking this all full circle and 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 taking it back to what you said, Chris, about taking that five hundred, putting it toward a house. I'd rather have five hundred thousand in a house now with nothing to spend than 300,000 in a fucking amazing house somewhere where no one's going to know me, right? Where my impact becomes marginalized by my community. And it, it five zero would mean a lot more. Uh, this is kind of counterintuitive. Zero would mean a lot more in a place like Southern California than 200,000 would in a place like Montana or Texas or whatever. Okay. Full circle. I'm just trying to make, how a, is that full circle? I don't know. <laughs> It's not. That's why. You know, I, re- I respect that you'd rather be in Southern California with a $500,000 house. And no money to spend. And, and no money to spend. And I respect that because that is your perspective and that is your reality. Right. Right. But it doesn't mean that there is an opportunity in Montana. It doesn't mean there's not opportunity in Texas. It doesn't mean Did there's not. Did not say that. No, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. What resources would you not have in, in Montana? You're lim- oh, a lot. You, do, you, do you know people that are from Montana and what the resources yeah. are like? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, that's why I brought up Montana. Okay. Yeah. You know what you know, right? You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So I can't I argue I on that behalf. <laughs> but, but I know they have the internet. I know they have YouTube. I know they have tutorials. Someone, actually, believe it or not, the internet yeah, is no, very it. scarce out in Montana. Yeah, I've seen those little maps. Yeah. It's mainly major cities of the Yeah, it's fucked up. I know. But So even then, they're still living like they are in the fucking Ice Age. They might as well be completely out in fucking Alaska. You know, they almost are pretty close. 
Locked closer than we are. <laughs> but anyway, yes, you are correct. That is my perspective. That is my prerogative. That is the way I view life. Not everybody <laughs> is going to view life like that. But my goal is to surround myself with like-minded people so that the perception becomes a reality. Because in, feel free to, to chime in. The people you surround yourself with eventually become your um, your inspiration to do more or be more mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Or be nothing and be less. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It could go both ways right. of, of the extreme. And who are you surrounding yourself with currently? No one. Really? Yeah, I don't have a lot of friends. Really? Not down here, no. Not down here as in, in Southern California? Originally, or? yeah. Originally, okay. I'm from Northern California. And down here, I have a good... I, I mean, I have a group of people I associate myself with, and mm-hmm. I'm working on taking my wife's advice and not calling them all friends. Because kind of after the talk we had with Leslie and uh, a lot of the stuff that she brought to light... Um, you can't just go around valuing friendships that aren't really friendships because they don't add value to your life. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, I don't have a lot of value added to my life by, by people that are in it. So I'm currently reevaluating a lot of things, Mm -hmm. maybe trying to close gaps where there are currently gaps and go from there. Well, friendship takes a lot of energy. A lot. Like a hundred percent energy or. I mean, if you could only give 70, then that is your hundred (laughs) percent. You got it. He got it. That's totally fucking right. If you can only give seventy, that is your hundred percent. And even though that was uh that was ingenuine, I, I still appreciate the fact that that's not gonna make it into the final cut. So people are gonna be like, What What's the it? fuck does yeah, that mean? It? No, it is gonna make I'll make sure it makes it all, all full circle. That fucking fifteen minute rant of mine? Yeah, right. No. I'll no, I sure thought that, that was like a great conversation. I don't I don't know. I felt like Chris today played a lot more mediator than <laughs> and guess, but he, he mediated us a little more. Yeah, man. The reason why I ask is because I, I think about the same thing all the time. Right. About the people I surround myself with and who I'm really tight with and who I've fallen out with. It sucks falling out with close friends. It does. Like people just grow in different ways. And one thing that I, one way that I think about that is I think that when we meet somebody, whether it's a male, female, somebody that you date or just a friend, that we walk along a path together. And as time goes on, we go our different ways and maybe we come back and maybe we don't just enjoy the time that we had together. So I've had lots of people just fall out. And like, I grew up with these people, but they're just doing their thing. Right. right? Cool. Wish you luck. Keep keep on going. I think that happens with everybody. And, and then what do you do? You know, as you get older, it not only becomes harder to maintain romantic relationships, it becomes harder to maintain, you know, platonic relationships or friendships, friendships. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you fucking call those? But um, that's the thing I can't wrap my head around. I mean, how do you make friends at 30? Maybe we should do an episode dedicated to that. How do you make friends at 30? Yeah, I think it, it has everything to do with where you are in life, because for you, you may have friends like myself that are single, but then you may have more friends that you can relate to or can do things with that are married or at least have kids. Nope. I'm I'm not saying you have them. I'm just saying you could have friends where that way, you know, you could do play dates where your kids are entertaining each other. And, nope. Okay. But yeah, I would like that, I guess. Uh, the thing is, I don't even know what I would like. I think right now I'm so career driven um, and I've got it set in my mind that, you know, certain things have to happen that I just need to find like-minded people and how do you do that fuck if i know find you i wouldn't be asking yeah go where people like you or who are motivated in their career go and where is that fuck i don't know oh now you have your homework assignment Ooh, yeah where do they go where do where do career driven people go they go back home to their family i don't know i really wish i knew the answer to that um where does your ceo go country clubs Yachts. I don't fucking know. I don't know what people do. I don't know what driven motivation. We'll find out. Do some digging. Yeah. You got I guess I have to. Well, different people like do different things because I think my group, my core group, is highly successful. Really? I for where they're at, and if you want to compare to other people, uh let's see. One buddy got his MBA and he's consulting and he flies around the country every single week and consults at different companies. He lives in Manhattan right now. Uh, other buddy, he's a, yeah, he's a dentist. And yeah, dentist, his wife is like 
teacher and dual income enough to buy a house in Southern California in South County. Well, South Orange County. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, hmm. uh, another buddy, he's a he's an engineer. His wife is a lawyer. And then there's me just living the... Uh, <laughs> Be so the scrub. That, that's good. <laughs> you surround yourself by uh, societally successful people. Like, uh, what's the word? I guess obviously successful people, right? Where you don't have to kind of derive meaning into the success. It's it's obvious. It's right there. Mm -hmm. So, how do you feel like that fits into where you're at in life? So all of us are very similar. We grew up in we have very similar backgrounds and like how we grew up in re like relatively low income areas. Mm -hmm. And most of these people I went, I grew up with one of them I met in college and it's just basically about, as you said, bringing value to each other's lives. Mm -hmm. We're very real and very, very hard and very assholeish to each other. But we know that if something goes down, we got each other. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually met uh, a couple people, through my, I guess, 20s, I've met two people who, well, they were my roommates. And if they need anything, my answer is yes, because they've got me like that before. Like hands down, right? Hands down, yes. You need something, I will be there. I will drop everything and anything. And how I met them, just random circumstance, different places. Like one of them, one of them is my roommate. Well, they're both my roommates. One of them I met at school, uh, graduate school, and the other one I met off Craigslist. <laughs> really? Yep. No, you didn't. Uh, Craigslist, Craigslist Housing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Misconnections? <laughs> no, that's my girlfriend, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting. Now I'm starting to think a lot of this talk and, and hearing Randy talk about high school friends all the time. I hardly hear him mention college friends, which makes me think high school friends uh, will always be there because they knew you at, uh, let me rephrase it. They knew you before you knew you, mm. you know what I mean? And they're able to grow and relate and give you what maybe a college relationship won't because college relationships got more distant, maybe for lack of a better word. No, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to say that my experience is the standard same with Chris because we came from the same high school. And I think out of our area, it was a very unique experience. And there was a lot of forged relationships that happened that uh, were very strong and, and have stood the test of time. Right. Like my high school friends also came through for, for college. Um, but that's not to take away any of my college friends. You know, two of my best friends were I met during college. But it's a different relationship or would you equate it to the same? Uh, well, one one of them is I, I work now with at USC. The other one is actually assimilated into my group of high school friends. Hmm. So it's it's easy to kind of just like lump them in. Oh, he's with my buddies from high sure. school. Sure. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um, I'm really starting to think that maybe I'm missing out by, by moving. But then it was on me for starting over. Yeah. Yes and, and, I, yes I and really, no, because really I th there's been a lot of girls where I've dated where they've made comments about my circle of friends and my group of friends that she's like, I've never seen a group of guys that are that close or that mm that tighten it so it's not i don't think it's by any chance a a standard or, or something that you might have no it i had a very great core group of friends and a couple of us had falling out you know here and there but the main core it remains and every time you know everybody's on their own thing and everybody's on their own cycle but i just keep you know i can't stop but help but think rather I can't help but think, what if I had not moved? What if I had stayed? Mm -hmm. Would it have been different? Would I have made more of an effort? Would I have not? And, you know, now I guess I have circumstance to blame. I don't have myself to blame. But, um, I mean, I, well, okay, circumstance and the fact that you're married and have a kid. And, but and I down have, here when yeah. I went up to. Well, one of my best friends from high school got married. Well, before he got married, he took a job in Louisiana. And then now he's with his wife in, in Fort Worth. And I've gone out to visit them a couple of times. Right. But it's and, not and, the same. Is it? We spent a week together in Dominican. Uh, I spent another week with them in, in Austin. You know, so it's, it's like it's a lot longer. And, and, and when we're there, it's like he never left. But in the times that right. we're 
yes, apart. Yes, yes. It's, yeah. I mean, I got those too, but they don't add, they don't add the value that I was, that I'm seeking right now. I guess I have a lot of successful high school friends too, a lot that I still keep in touch with, but not regularly. Well, one thing I'd have to say is, one, it takes a lot of energy to maintain tight relationships. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have right. to throw it in, and you have to front load it. Like, off the top of my head, my oldest friend that I could think of, elementary school, have not talked to her or seen her in at least a year. Mm-hmm. At least a year. And she's she had, like, a kid, like, right, maybe a, a right when I left to go li- leave the country, live outside the U.S. I saw her right before then, but ha- came back, haven't seen her yet. But when I see her, it's going to be exactly like Randy was talking about with his friend. We're Pick just going to keep up off, right? real quick, real easy. Different relationships deserve different energy. Some friendships need more work than others. It's just a matter of how much energy do you want to put towards those relationships. Right. So I guess it all comes down to not... I guess having the time, you're just not allocating your hundred percent correctly. Nope. And that's not a diss. I mean, that's what I. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've never been able to really get that. I, you know, I've struggled with that in my past relationships. You know, where I've had women tell me, "You're never going to love me as much as what you create." It's just like, well, okay, I don't don't know what to tell you, but that's pretty deep. Yeah, it it actually hurt (laughs) because I thought you know, you know, I I really adored her um, and loved her. I thought I had made a lot of significant changes in my work schedule and how much I had time I was committing to her. And, uh, it just wasn't, she didn't feel that. So, so that's why that didn't work. But, um, yeah, I, I, I say all that just to say, I haven't figured it out either. I think that's one of the hardest things to figure out. I mean, for me personally, it's, it's trying to figure out why I can't invest that kind of emotion or energy rather into a relationship. And, you know, you get caught up so much in your career and your romance, you forget about friends. Then you, you know, front load your friendships and that gets you to a certain point. And then you start to realize that you're neglecting your romantic Mm -hmm. relationship. You know, there's, there's a balance and I've never, ever, ever been good at balancing. I don't think I ever will be good at balancing. So I think I have to come to accept that. And I have kind of not really, but Maybe that's why you say, you know, you give your hundred percent to what you're focused on at that moment. Whereas for me, I like to, I, I spread myself thin and I have my breaking points, but then I'm able to come back and, you know, work up to it again. And then I'll have a little breaking point. Yeah. See, I can't do that. I can't Mm. because I know I'm not, I'm going to be fucking something up, shortchanging someone somewhere because that's my personality. Mm. You know, if I spread myself too thin, I burn out and I, it takes me a while to recoup like a long time. So maybe that's why I, I just need to focus on a singular thing and maybe I just need to find out how I'm going to do it or fuck. I don't know. There's an answer out there. I'm sure. Right. I think everything is a learned skill. Well, almost everything. So I think you could learn how to do this balance. Yeah. But then the argument comes is when, when are you too old to learn and to adapt because you're just, you get so hardwired into the way that you do things that you just get it's a decision, bro. Life choices, man. Life choices. You have to be very conscious of that. Very Mm -hmm. difficult. I mean, with all the external stimuli that we surround ourselves with, fuck. It's one of the most impossible things to do is just commit to something and drive yourself forward. I mean, working out, for example, something that millions of people struggle with daily, sticking to the schedule, you know, that's making a choice, a decision, sticking to it, committing Mm -hmm. to it. Why is it so hard? Because it's very difficult for people to do things, you know, to change just like that. But I guess for me, it's about the value, seeing the value in it and getting, mm-hmm. and I guess it's our generation. It's it's one of those like instant gratification things like, okay, I, I, I made the change. Where is my payback? Where where, is it, where does it come now? I went to the gym for a week straight. Where are my fucking cuts? You know, where are my fucking Gains. biceps? Yeah. I have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that instant gratification that I think discourages me personally. I know that for a fact. I don't know if you guys have experienced that before, but I sure have. Well, that's one thing that me and Randy talked about on our walk. <laughs> the walk to remember. <laughs> Sounds sexual. <laughs> that was a hard yes. <laughs> what kind of hard? Anyway, go on. Very. <laughs> so 
instant gratification. Yes, it's very much our generation or the generation below us. They want everything now, but that's not the way it works. As we all know, you just can't plant and harvest. But why not? I thought that's why we have GMO. <laughs> <laughs> and then the irony about that is they're trying to fight GMO. Lazy bastards aren't going to grow any crops. Anyways. So yeah, it's just about, well, from my experience and what I've seen and done and where I'm able to do for six months, whatever I want to do. Dhamma scrub. We can talk about that a little bit. <laughs> you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Lots of things have already been done. You know, there's tons of books out there. I think someone said that, yeah, 90% of the material that you read nowadays is is just rehashing. Right. Rehashing of the classics. 10% of the stuff, yeah, that's that's new, new stuff, and you really want to be on that. Mm-hmm. But from what I've learned, what I've read, what I've seen, what I've experienced is... Make a plan, put one foot in front of the other. You know, one thing that I always think about is, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. But that first bite, it's hard as hell. Doing that first step, like working out, it's hard and nobody wants to do it. After you do it once, you're like, damn, that sucked. But you just got to keep going. Follow your plan. Have faith in the process. That's what I'm doing so far. And I mean, I'm... I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Totally. And it's one of those things where you just have to have faith, I guess. Mm-hmm. My faith is very, very limited. Okay, well, I guess that's your other assignment. <laughs> what? Have some faith, bro. Have some faith. Yeah, uh, you, you can have almost anything you want. Oh, I absolutely believe in that. Absolutely believe in that. But you can have everything. Yes, you can. all right chris thank you so much for being on the show man i really appreciate you coming on where can the people find you so if you want to get in contact with me you can contact me at my special trash can at hotmail.com and yes that is real for real yeah (laughs) all right that's an interesting email right it is it is and if you have any complaints about what Turga said today, you can reach him at podcast at talk32me.com. Just throwing that out there. Turg, where can the people find you? Yeah, please email us. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore ruined, Instagram at the ruined 007, and on Facebook at the ruined. And you can find me at I am Randy Z on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to find out, oh, did you know that there's a new hashtag that happened? Nope. Hashtag let Sankey speak. Hashtag let Sankey speak. Awesome. Is yeah. that a thing? Apparently. So, so we gotta look that up. Yeah. Hmm. So if you guys want, apparently there's a community of people that want to hear what Sankey's has to say. Man, those people really don't know Sankey's, do they? We're trying to protect you people. Listen. <laughs> right? <laughs> but if you really want to hear what this guy has to say, you can find him at S A N K E Y Z. Sand keys with a Z because we're still in the 90s, apparently. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check us out at talk32me.com. Remember to leave us your comments. Be sure to rate us. And please hit that subscribe button to let us know that you care. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. Peace. you're such a scrub and I'm like and what's the problem people around the world would love to be in the situation I can't wait until one day I can really be stay at home baby daddy have wifey take care of me have that massive income and I just chill right I cook I clean I get my health and fitness on be all buff you'll be the uh the arm candy Hundred percent. Trophy has been. Yeah, I mean, I'm educated, but you know, I wouldn't have to use it. <laughs> I could, you know, be like the Iron Chef and just cook all day, hone that skill set, host dinner parties, and then I could do philanthropic, philanthropic stuff. I'm all about that. I don't know Juice, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> 
thought Sankey's was throwing shit at me. And then it was moving, and I was like, no. <laughs> okay. So going back to what you were saying. It's so crazy. All right, we're out. So, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can the people... Uh, ah. Because you can take, you can take. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I need. And then I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Solid. Solid. 